Welcome to the League of Learning Wild Rift podcast. Here we are looking to help new players grow their knowledge and continue improving in the game. We have a sponsor. Their name is Beardfish Gaming. They sell magic and Pokemon on TCGplayer.com. So if you want to support the podcast, feel free to buy cards from Beardfish Gaming or Beardfish Direct on TCGplayer.com. We also have some social medias you can follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handles are all Learn Wild Rift or at Learn Wild Rift. So feel free to look us up there. If you have any questions or things you'd like to let us know about our podcast and how we can improve it, you can email us at learnwildrift at gmail.com. We also have a Reddit that's r slash learnwildrift, and we have a Discord and YouTube as well. So feel free to follow us on there. We're trying to grow all these communities, so every person matters, and we are looking forward to meeting all of you. All right, we got a pretty good amount of numbers there on my computer. It went from six to three to two to one to zero. So I only skipped five and four this time. My computer's growing stronger by the day. Is it though? I would say so. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our episode seven. I'm so excited. I can't believe we've made it this far. I can't believe I made it this far as the editor. And why you guys keep letting me edit this podcast, I don't know. What do you mean, let? I can't believe your computer's made it this far, honestly. <laughs> I personally don't want to edit it, so. I guess that's fair. I'm gonna say I, th- I, I, I thought we burdened you with it. Yeah, I, I thought you volunteered. Yeah, I kind of did, didn't <laughs> I? This a lot of this is my brainchild, but that's okay. I'm glad yeah. you guys are here with me for the journey. Oh yeah. All right, sound off. Who's here today? Hispanic Link Antonio is here today. Your podcast host with probably not the most, but somewhere close. <laughs> I'm Emily. What? <laughs> Are you really? Yeah, that's that's my name. It's okay. what I was given. Do you enjoy that name? You too cute. Yeah, I enjoy my name. Nice. It's not a bad name. That's good. It's really popular, but other than that, it's good. I'm still Dave. You're still Dave? Wow. Yeah. So we have I'm Dave. Emily and I'm Dave with your host Hispanic Link today. Well, thank you guys for joining me. It's great to have you here. And thank you all, all you listeners out there for joining me and the other co-hosts on this long journey that we've had creating the League of Learning podcast. And without further ado, why don't we just get into it? So I got some shout outs. Uh, Like I said before, we have a pretty big international crowd that's growing and we're getting more and more countries by the day, but there's a few that have joined the list since last time. So shout outs to our listeners in Hungary. Mexico and Argentina. Thank you all for checking in and checking us out. Feel free to join any of our social medias like the intro says and we're looking forward to chatting with everybody. So, yeah. That's that's pretty cool. We've added more 
countries. We really got to stop being monotone. We got to get some energy in this podcast. That's rough. This is rough. I can feel it. That's really cool that we've added more countries. Heck yeah. Thank you all for listening. We're really excited. Sorry for that monotoneness. That's bad of us. We're going to get better at this. We really will. We got to sound like we're having a good time. We are. I am. This is just how I sound, man. I could be better. I mean, <laughs> I called it right out. I realized it, and I'm like, you know what? We got to show these people we are, in fact, incited. It's been a long day, I think, for all of us. We're actually recording pretty late in the evening here for us on the Eastern Standard Time time zone. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, hey, it's 830. That's pretty late for us old folk. You're the youngest one here. That's true. I am the youngest one here. I got two shout outs specifically to call out. Well, three technically, but I'll make one later in the podcast when we get to the section that somebody asked us about. Uh, Spoilers. Thank you to Akuna Matata and Caboose who have recently joined our discord and have been, you know, chatting up with me basically as one of the only posters in our discord. Caboose has, you know, been telling us about some of, you know, the things that they've done in the community, former master grandmaster support somewhere in there i'm not really sure i could check the messages but i'm not gonna that's okay we'll wing it and uh hopefully going to be guest starring on our podcast soon so we look forward to chatting with you about how to be a better support my friend derek can probably hear some of your tips and learn a lot from you also we want to give a shout out to akuna matata who engaged with our map that we put out after our ward and warding episode and best ways to use your trinkets and Brought up the fact that maybe we could have been more inclusive of lane wards, but as my good co-host here, Dave, or I'm Dave, uh, pointed out, Dave actually talked a little bit about lane wards and how after smashing some turrets on the enemy side, you probably want to place some wards down in lane so that way you can see when the enemy's backing or if you can place them in the proper locations, you can catch them while they're trying to recall and maybe prevent recalls as well. So it just gives you better presence. But also I think it's important to recognize that you, if you are losing the game can also play wards in your side of the lane and make sure that you can see when the enemy's trying to split push or do things like that. So those are the two major times where lane wards come in handy and i think a lot of people especially on the duo lane side can benefit from i hate saying this but they could potentially benefit from having wards in the side bushes i just prefer them not in the side bushes because i prefer more vision in my jungle as a jungler and i am willing to admit bias when i have it and i have bias where with it where i with where i like my wards placed you know that you can put down wards too, right? Yeah, but and and can put them where and can put them where you want them. Yeah, but I only get two, maybe three, one pink ward and two yellow wards at max. So if you put them where you want them, and the bot laners put them where they want them, then it's not everybody happy. No, because there's more of the jungle I could see. Then there is no pleasing you. First of all, great reference. Second of all. You're right. It's true. It's always going to be duo lane fed, and that's why we lost this game. Even if they're 12-0, and 0, and I am 0-12. <laughs> I mean, okay. So there is a conversation to be had here about warding for your lanes, because that is a thing that junglers can and should be doing. 
I do like to ward in the river area specifically, and there's a couple other places like right around the like locations in their jungle. Like there's kind of like this one specific bend I can think about where there's a scryer's bloom that a lot of times will get cracked by the opponents. Like those areas are the areas I like to ward as a jungler if I'm going to ward anywhere in that area. So that is and that isn't what I mean. So part of like your job as a jungler is to track where the enemy jungler is. And in doing so, also put wards that will, like, show your laners what, like, what camps are up and the pathing of the enemy jungler. Because if you could spot them, then you're obviously going to know where they are. So you can, like, play around potential gank paths. So, like, if you, like, a very common place to ward in the enemy jungle is, like, the little path between... I hate this stuff is mirrored in Wilder, so it's hard to explain. Like, the path between raptors and red buff. So you would ward so that you can see raptors and know if they're up. Uh, and then you would also know if somebody is, like, coming through the alcove on the, the other side of red buff, between red buff and baron. So if they walk through there and then go down to river, that ward would spot them going through there as well. So you know if raptors are up and you know if they're coming through that alcove to try and gank mid yeah that's fair that is a really good place for a ward and something that uh kuna Matata brought up in the discord is that a lot of the ward placements that we had were like common areas and going to get swept often and like my response was yeah there's a reason they're common ward spots is because they're probably the best vision places on the map and also like yes they are going to get like potentially you know screened or what is that stupid thing called scanned often and searched for and destroyed, but Sweeper. like, they're also going to get replaced a lot. <laughs> I mean, yes, no, I, I think a lot of it all is also knowing when to ward. Cause a lot of people will like, especially with pinks, people will put down pinks when they can't defend them. Yeah. Or they'll put down wards when they can't necessarily defend them or they'll put down wards when they just don't need to. Like for instance, uh, especially I see this a lot with, with, with bot laners where like if you're walking to lane at the beginning of the game and the enemy laners are are late to lane so you know that they leashed so like if i'm like if i'm playing support my ad carry will like almost always like ward tri brush for some reason when we know that the the enemy laners uh leashed so the only way that we would be getting ganked is if like the jungler like takes takes blue takes drop comes bot which is just so unlikely. So there's just, like, that word just doesn't do anything. And stuff like that. So, or like, I don't know. Like, I see it all the time. We're like, like, we know the jungler's top, and like, like, the the AD carry, like, wards a brush bottom, like, in the river, for some unknown reason. A lot of weird stuff like that. So just like, like, be cognizant of, like, if it's necessary to ward, because, like, the cooldown does matter. Yeah, that's fair. So, like, just because just because the cooldown's up doesn't necessarily mean you should be using it. Yeah, like, especially when objectives are going to be fought over or whatever. Like, it's advantageous to keep up your wards and place them at the proper times for things like Dragon or Rift Herald. And I find the proper time is before the 30-second timer, like, procs. 
like before you can see it count down 30 29 28 and so on and so forth on the map for those objectives you should probably have wards in and around that area so that way you can see not only where the enemy team's going but if there's an open objective that nobody's taking that maybe a solar laner can sneak off and take or a mid laner can sneak off and start that's also important for uh killing scuttle around uh like i guess dragon more specifically because it comes up more often scuttle crab is a free ward uh, it is, but if you kill it uh, too early, then it will not be there for Dragon. That's a good point. That's a good point. If you kill it early enough, though, it'll respawn right around the time Dragon is about to spawn and or is spawning. Yeah, but you, you usually don't want it to, like, be up while you're doing Dragon. That's a good point. I agree. Because, I, I, like, I, I've seen Scuttle, like, block skill shots, and it, like, prevent people from getting killed. Yep, and not only prevent skill shots, but also, like, makes you possibly miss Dragon by auto-attacking it or smiting it instead of Dragon. I've seen it all, Cleave. You're 100% correct. That stuff does happen. Just an important fact, I guess, for our listeners is the more you can minimize potential accidental or incidental risks the better off your gameplay will be. So Dave is absolutely right. If you can kill Scuttle before Dragon or before Herald or before Baron, that way it doesn't get in the way of you potentially doing that, or maybe your autos go the wrong way, that's going to make your ability to take those objectives like increased by, even if it's small percentages, like it's still worth it. That's the thing that's a little easier to accomplish in, in Big League, because there's, a, there's a, a function called attack move. So you can... Well, I guess it, it kind of works the same in Wild Rift in a way, because you just like click auto and it autos things. So that's kind of how it works with attack move, because usually you have to like click on a thing to auto it. But with attack move, you can attack move the ground, and you will attack whatever is closest to where you clicked. Hmm, that's interesting. But uh, I know there's a targeting system in Wild Rift too. Like you can drag and click, yeah. Yeah, it's the same kind of it's the same kind of deal, but it um like it makes it easier to kite. And then there's an additional function that's uh, attack move champions only. So you can um, attack whatever's closest to where you click. So like if somebody's trying to like hide behind a tower, you can do that and uh, it'll attack them instead of the towers. So there's a lot of like quirky little things like that. But if you know how to use it correctly, it's, it's pretty important. That's fair. I think that can definitely help people increase their gameplay and like knowing the little ins and outs of not only how wild rift like targeting and stuff like that works but also in pc league like knowing the different ways that you can interact with the different quote-unquote game pieces characters champions however you want to refer to them creeps minions neutral camps there's a couple of uh little quirky ward placement things too but i don't know if they exist in wild rift or not i remember you telling me like one of the things you can do is you can leave the ward like right outside of baron pit or dragon pit so that way like when they go and try to scan inside of the pit they won't see the ward that you place there and you'll have seen them run into the pit and they're scanning around like an idiot there's that one and then like uh from from dragon to or yeah the dragon pit to the tribrush right below dragon pit mm-hmm. um i don't know if it's user and wild rift or not but it's really hard to get a ward from dragon pit into that tribrush but there's a trick to it oh interesting no you definitely can in wild rift it's like super easy and intuitive okay it's very difficult in in big league but it, there's a very specific spot that you click that'll go directly into the brush huh and then Similarly, on, on red side, if you're trying to ward into the river brush in bot lane, mm-hmm. there's a very specific rock that you basically focus your ward placement on, and you can ward like across the big like rock area, basically across... Yeah, the big barrier. Like, and you can get into the river brush. 
only in one that on that one specific area. If you miss it, it'll just ward in the lane. In Wild Rift, it's actually really cool. Like you can get some wards like a pretty good distance farther than you should if you simply like place it in the middle of a barrier structure. It'll go on the opposite side of the barrier. Yeah, as, as long as as long as it's halfway through, it goes to the other side. Yep. it's the same with Flash. Yep. So it's pretty cool. And that's pretty exciting that, like, that's how that works. So just keep that in mind when you're warding. Yeah, the the tolerances are really small. So some funny things can happen. All right, Emily. It's your time. Tell us. Tell us the good word. How many team boosts do you have? 67. Nice. Look at all that hard work you put in. If I had a clap track, this is where we'd put in that clap. Yeah, there you go. Good job, Emily. Good job. <laughs> Congratulations. I got it down. And you're going to keep working on it, right? Yeah. I did, when we last played, we played a lot of games, so I was able to get it down. But I think I did get another reward where it gave me two more team boosts, and I was like, I'm trying to get these down. <laughs> but. I still was able, still able to get them down. Well, you're incentivized so. to play more. Good points all around. Did you play any new champions that you bought recently? I did. I played Draven, didn't I? You did play Draven, and you crushed it. She absolutely destroyed her lane. <laughs> <laughs> These seem like leading questions. Don't you only play together? <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> We did get the feedback that some of our uh, topics can feel a little forced. It is possibly really because some of us may know the answers to these questions before they ask them. You mean this is scripted? Yeah, I I played Draven, and it was only intro bots, but I did kind of crush it. Once I got the hang of what was happening and the flying axes. Yeah, she was like, what's the golden circle? Why are these axes flying? What's going on? It was really what's fun. What's happening? It's a lot to to keep track of with him. Yeah, he's he's got a lot going on. Shoutouts to our boy Onyx Kanan for helping you learn Draven as well. That's true. He was he came over and kinda told me while we were queuing up for the game. It was after we decided what who was playing what. They was loading the game, and he was like, "Here, this is what's what's up." And I was like, "Why am I playing this right now?" <laughs> and it, it ended up being okay, but definitely could use more practice with him. Turns out, it's really hard to go wrong in intro bots. They're not very good. Yeah, that's true. Missing our boy Ryan today, so shoutouts to him. Hope he's doing all right, and we can't wait to hopefully have him back on here next week. Slacker. Slacker indeed, but that's okay. We love him anyways. I don't know if I... Oh, I played Corky, too. How'd Corky go? How'd you like Corky? I don't think I liked him as much. And I think I played him in ARAM before, and I didn't really enjoy him that much. He was okay in, like, regular, like, intro bots, but... I don't know. I think I need to play him more to... Understand how the kit works? Well, understand the kit, but also to form a real opinion on whether I like playing him or not. Okay, that's fair. 
whether you like playing him or not, he is a good character. He's very good. He's very highly draftable. I have seen him like be played well. So like he looks like he could be fun, but I have to, you know, be able to actually play him well, I think, for me to enjoy him. So definitely. It is also not intuitive at all how to build him correctly. Pretty much everyone that I know that plays this game, Wild Rift, has been either involved or watching Icons in some way, and it's been pretty awesome. And if you've been watching Icons, you've been watching Corky. <laughs> <laughs> Very popular champ to either get picked. I'm not sure if he got banned a lot, but definitely has gotten picked a lot. I I don't remember if I played in the other ones. I don't think I played Singed. I've already forgotten who the other new character was that I had gotten. Braum. Braum, it was Braum. Braum. Did you play any of the shield guy? I think I did play him a couple weeks ago, but it, not the last time we played. I didn't play him. I don't think. Alright, so you're going to play some Braum, some Corky, and Singed coming up. I think I need more Draven, though, too. More Draven? Alright. Yeah. We can live with that. I could. I mean, it's the League of Draven, anyways. I did. We played uh, an ARAM, and I got Lux, and I did pretty well with her. We did end up losing that ARAM, but I agree. You did pretty well with that Lux. We, but that was a very close game. I feel like all our ARAMs are pretty close. Until the end. Uh, that second one we played was not. That's okay. We got crushed. I got a quadrakill recently in an ARAM. I was playing very late at night, and our boy Aggressio was on. And so I ended up queuing up for a quick ARAM with him, and I'm like, all right, let's do this. And uh, I got Darius, and we crushed him. Absolutely demolished him. Not actually. It was a pretty close game. We think we ended up both having our inhibitor turrets down by the end of it. So that's always a close ARAM. That sounds close. What's the face, Dave? I'm remembering back to you showing me all the builds for Corky. Oh, I'm so sorry. There's a lot of weird builds on there. They were all building Black Cleaver, right? Yep. And you can't figure out why, because his kit's 80% ability power, right? So, okay. So I'm just I'm just going to read a couple of things here. Okay. Firstly, Corky's passive. Corky's basic attacks are modified to deal 80% of his AD magic damage and 20% physical. So we'll just start there. 80% of his autos, magic damage. Okay, let's go to let's go to Black Cleaver. I have one question real quick before you go on to Black Cleaver. Yes. It says 80% of his autos are AP and the other 20% are damage. Does that mean he has two different types of autos that fire at a 1 in 5 and 4 in 5 ratio? No, it means the damage that is done by his auto attack is converted to 80% magic and 20% physical. It deals both types of damage at once. Yes. That's interesting and very weird. Please continue. So Black Cleaver, its passive says, dealing physical damage, of which Corky does 20% of his total damage is physical damage, to an enemy champion reduces their armor, which is only effective against physical damage, of which Corky does 20% of his total damage by 5% for 6 seconds, stacking 5 times per... 25% 25% reduction. Why does Corky build this fucking item? No one has any idea. It gives a lot of ability haste. I'll give him that much. I will say that ability haste is okay on Corky. 
Ability Haste can be really good on Corky because he's very good at like one-shotting champs down. And that's a very popular thing that happens very often in Wild Rift is like it's not uncommon for Corkies to get double, triple, quadras so, in a pro play. This only gives 40 AD. Okay, so there, there's a couple of things. So like his Q scales with... It does it does magic damage, but it scales with seventy percent of his bonus AD. So Black Cleaver gives you forty AD. So seventy percent of that is like, which is a lot, by the way, right? Like that's fine. It's not it's it's not a huge amount. It's fine. It's not fantastic, but it's like that's like twenty eight. So it does an extra twenty eight magic damage because you bought Black Cleaver. And Black Cleaver lets you do extra physical damage. Now, something a lot of people don't know is that Corky's E also shreds armor and armor. Really? Yeah. Is that the little bullets? Yeah, his E. Yeah. We can talk about this a little more in depth a little. Uh, I mean, we're already kind of moving into the topic, so I'm going to move into topic F, which was Icons Updates, which is the big tournament series that actually just ended today. Day five was today while we're recording. And uh, I'm looking at these items, and, like, most popular items are, like, Black Cleavers are everywhere. There's Hull Breakers everywhere. Luden's Echo and Rabadon's Death Cap are everywhere. Uh, there's the occasional, like, Sunfire Aegis, but it seems like Dead Man's Plate for the movement speed seems to be the more popular item. And then you get your, like, Blade of the Rune Kings are also extremely popular. Seralda's Grudge is making more than one appearance. Storm Razor is making more than one appearance. And then most popular uh, boot and chance are stasis. Like it's like stasis by a lot. Stasis tends to be the most popular. But you got your protobelts. You got some teleports here and there. And then there's last but not least, a lot of people, especially if they're on these aggro melee champions, are rushing guardian angel. It's like their second or third item sometimes, depending on how far ahead they are in the game when they take it, which was crazy to me. Because, like, in normal play, I feel like you wouldn't be rushing Guardian Angel unless, like, what, you're extremely ahead, right? Am I crazy for thinking that? Uh, no, that's actually pretty normal. Uh, if you're super ahead, you can, there's, like, people that build a second or third. Because that way you can, like, stay ahead, keep your death count, keep them from getting a, um, oh my god, what's it called? Shutdown. Shutdown gold, yeah. Yeah. And so, like... These are just interesting to look at. It's interesting to see which items are most popular and what things people are building. There's the first stone plate I've seen. I've looked at probably 12 to 15 comps right now at this point. And, yeah. I don't think... Like, stone plate's, like, the third or fourth tank item you would build on, like, anything. I don't think that one's particularly good. It's go So this one was on an Olaf, which was interesting. So a jungle Olaf that's probably trying to, like, get real aggro and group... Uh, but the other ones are on supports right now. That's where I'm seeing Stoneplate. Do the Olaf already have randoms? Uh, let me see, because it wasn't actually that long ago in the images I was looking at. So, Olaf, where are you at? Did the Olaf have randoms already? Okay, Olaf had Stoneplates. He didn't build randoms at all. He built a Spirit Visage against a, uh, a double AP comp. Uh, two, eight, two APs on the other team. That's interesting. Uh, the build for this Olaf in particular was Black Cleaver, Storm Razor, Spirit Visage. I believe that's Death Stance. 
It's like a red sword in the ground. No, that's not right. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. I mean, it might be. I mean, show show me. What's what's the fist that's going up? It's, uh, I think that's Steric's gauge, I want to say. Yeah. And then stone plates. Here, let me see if you can see this. Thank you. Yes, it is Divine Sunder. So yeah, that's what he built. Just like, somewhat normal. Yeah, stone plate seems really weird there. Uh, it does look like they won that game. Oh, just kidding. They didn't win that game. LOL. No, Why are you lying? They did win that game. Oh my Figure God. it out. Make up your mind. I, I made up my mind, and the person who built that Olaf won that game. They lost the series, but they won the game. Okay, but Icons was really, really cool. There's a lot of good and maybe not so good and interesting builds. So a couple I want to talk about was there a double... There was a team that built Hallbreaker on two characters, which was just shocking to me because personally i don't think a 3-1-1 split push is worth it but i'm not a pro so i wanted to maybe bring it here and talk about it a little bit if you have two carries like that that can split push like that's a totally reasonable thing to do so let's talk about what the comp was then so the comp there was garen Jax, which Jax was in the jungle it's lucian lux and set and lucian and garen were uh mid and top respectively both with hullbreaker they both went Hallbreaker into Black Cleaver. They lost this game, for what it's worth. A lot of people are very confused why Lucian's building Hallbreaker, because Lucian's very good in teamfights, so it's interesting to build a split push item on somebody who's good in teamfights. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole point is that... So, so Hallbreaker's supposed to make you tanky, right? But Lucian is never supposed to be close enough to anything to need to be tanky. He has a dash to get away. He's a long-range champion. Totally agree. He's he's not a long-range champion. He's definitely not a long-range. He's like he's a medium medium to short-range AD carry. He's a mid-range champion, but the point is he's ranged at all. Yeah. So he he shouldn't ever need to be tanky. And even if he is, like he's not building like additional tank stats or additional health. So if he gets caught, he's still dead. So it's really not going to do anything. And yeah, more to your point, like he, he should not be split pushing. It's not a split push champion. And so that was very interesting to see. And honestly, I felt like that team comp didn't quite make sense to do that with. Like it, it's a fine comp, but Lucian in mid as a split pusher with Hullbreaker, I'm having a, a tough time buying that. If, uh, if Garen and Jax had the Hullbreakers, I could see that being a thing. But Garen and Lucian, not so much. So those were my thoughts on the matter. That was like the weirdest build I've seen. Somebody put a Hallbreaker on Shen, which was kind of interesting, because I thought he had very low damage output, but I found out his damage actually isn't that bad. It's like totally fine. No, it's it's actually fine. Yeah. His his, his Q actually, it does. I think it does per percent max health damage. It got reworked. Where the hell is Shen? Why is Shen not in this list? Hello? Shen? Which list are you looking at? I'm in the wiki, but anyway. I found it. With the Spirit Blade pass through an enemy champion, the gem bonus increased in Shen game. Okay, no, it's not. It just does bonus damage. But yeah, it does It does a decent amount of damage. Oh, it is max It is max health. So it's up to 4% of their max health, plus like some amount of percentage per AP that the Shen never builds AP. 
looks like four percent max health. I was gonna say, so how does that build against turrets? Like, how does that calculate? Does it at all, or does it just do straight base attack damage? I'm pretty sure that stuff doesn't like percent max health damage doesn't uh doesn't affect towers. Reasonably certain. All right, good to know. So I am looking at these builds, and at first, the most popular version of Corky's build was the like crit version of Corky. But upon looking at it, it's actually really close between the Hullbreaker Black Cleaver and the crit version of Corky. And so, like, nobody's really sure how to build this champion. They build them two different ways. Both find varying degrees of success. So the the crit version is better because you can't really itemize against it is the thing. So you still end up doing both kinds of damage. And so if they build AP resistance, like they're still getting shredded by the AD portion. If they build armor, they're still getting shredded by the AP. You still get more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, like you end up getting magic damage auto attack crits, which is a weird thing to say, but it's what it does. That's pretty crazy, actually. But the way that uh, the way that Corky builds in in normal league is, I mean, I, I played Corky in an ARM earlier today. So the first item I built was Muramana. The second item I built was Ludens, and the third item I built was Ravenous Hydra. I don't think we have Ravenous Hydra in Wild Rift. Can you tell me what it does? Okay, then it's bas- it's basically a lifesteal item. It's an eighty lifesteal item, basically. So like a bloodthirster, but something different. Kinda. Okay. And you can you can consider it that. But then my last two items were AP, and my boots were were sorcerer shoes. So it's uh, magic pen. Gotcha. Boots. Nice. So it's it's basically half AP, half AD items. But I'm pretty sure most of my damage would have been AP. But that's the thing is that's even another build that exists on Wild Rift. It wasn't used at Pros at all. But the Muramana build is literally something that happens with Corky in Wild Rift. Like I've seen that build presented by multiple people. Whether they're trolling or not is another topic of debate at all. But I do think it is possible to have a Muramana Corky build. Yeah. So I did 8,200 physical damage to champions, and wow, that's a lot of damage. Forty thousand magic damage. Wow, that's a lot of damage. So I did five. Five times as much magic damage as I did physical. Which makes sense, because based on the ratios that you said earlier, you would do, you know... Four times as much. Exactly. I mean, yes, totally agree. But still, you built heavier into the AP. Yeah, yeah, but... Well, well, that's because of things like like the Ludens proc is magic damage, so there's, like, extra little stuff like that. All right. Well, Dave, let's get into it a little bit. What is new in the world of PC League? Let's get this new segment that is completely yours. Dave Cleveland Original, tell us a little bit about uh, League. Why did you just dox me? <laughs> I can edit that out, don't worry. What the sh... Cleve Original. I mean, that's my full name too, but anyway. I mean, uh, let's see. So there was the durability patch update, which I think I talked about last time. Uh, so every champion got a little update uh, where, I mean, I'm not even sure what exactly happened to them, but all the champions got a little bit more durable. Uh, Grievous Wounds got reworked, so it's no longer, I think it was 40% healing reduction. All Grievous Wounds is now, I think, 25% healing reduction. So it basically doesn't do anything anymore, so it's like not, not worth building at all. Yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't seem any good. Yeah, it's pretty much not worth building at all. Can you stack Grievous Wounds? 
No. Oh my god, it's definitely not worth building then. Welcome to the tank meta, Cleave. Uh, it's not so much tank, it's more like uh, scaling. So we also had all the pro leagues started up again. So I think the first one was uh, the Chinese League LPL. That was last week. And then uh, Korean League and European and uh, North, American, North American League started this week. So uh, the biggest thing that seems to be going on is uh, Senna seems to be the biggest picker band champion that's, that's going on. Uh, specifically, uh, something that's called Fasting Senna. So uh, Senna's in Wild Rift, right? Yes. Okay. She still picks up souls, etc., etc. She does the whole Senna thing. Yeah, so so basically the way that Riot balances Senna is that they go back and forth on the drop rate for her souls. So when... Like, there's basically a ratio at which uh, support Senna's better, and then there's a ratio at which AD carry Senna's better, and it goes back and forth. And... Like, every time she gets nerfed or, or buffed, it just goes back and forth. Like, the, the champion's basically always good. It just depends on which version of the champion is good. Senna is actually pretty flip-floppable right now in Wild Rift. Can actually play both roles actively right now. I think it's probably a little harder to play AD Senna at the moment, only because, like, the stacking probably isn't as good, so she's probably in support form. But I think good Senna's can carry a lane as Senna, and I have seen Senna played as the ADC role as well. So I totally agree with what you're saying. That totally makes sense for that champ. No, it, it's just a matter of which one is like uh, being like pushed at that better. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so right now the quote unquote support Senna is better. So what people have been doing is uh, like historically. Uh, the main thing that people would do is play Tom Kench and Senna together. And they would have Tom Kench be the champion that's farming, and Senna would pick up the souls and, and heal Tom Kench and be be the harassing uh, character in the lane. And because of this, our friend Tom Kench has nearly a 57% win rate as uh, the, the quote-unquote bot laner uh in big league right now and is the highest win rate champion in the game also for what it's worth tom kench is supposed to be a support main is that correct dave i mean quote-unquote support no he was he was he was built as a a quote-unquote tank so he, he is able to be played top as well but he also has the highest win rate of any top laner also so he's just a broken champion love the big fish man love yeah him. yeah so that's the, uh, the the prototypical version of that bot lane is is Senna Tom Kench, but uh, we've also seen I saw Senna Singed get played. Uh, I've seen Senna Zach. Uh, Senna Nasus has also been making appearances as well. Seen Senna Senna Nasus happen, yeah. And it's pretty gross. It's pretty good actually. I want to say there's uh, Senna Swain is another one. But yeah, there's all sorts of these like weird bottling combinations that can play can get played just because of Senna. Because basically the meta right now is you want to have the hardest scaling champion possible, and Senna scales to infinity, so that's that's where you're at. Pick her, scale, and at you know, 35, 40 minutes. If you get to the late game, you win. Yeah. Yeah. Basically every game is uh is fight over Dragon Soul and, and win the game. That's completely fair. There are some games where you can get ahead very early, and there are some games where you get to 
you know, 17 minutes, you have a 10,000 goal lead and the game's just over. Those games are pretty few and far between. Uh, but the, the the games are very, very slow. I think uh, there was one game in LCK where we didn't have first blood until like 34 minutes. Hmm. Something like that. But there's a lot of games that are like just no action until 20 minutes at all. It's really, really slow. And that's just, it's all because of the, the durability update. It's champions are tankier. Champions do less damage. So just scale and wait. Fair enough. Fair enough. And now because of that, if we're uh, if we're looking at win rates for champions, and if you look at the AD carry position, the fifth champion in that list is an AD carry. The first four are Tom Kench, Seraphine, Swain, and Vigar. So we have support, support, mage, mage, uh, mid, right? Swain will generally go mid. Uh, he, he, I mean, I don't know. He got reworked, so it's kind of weird to place him right now. Okay, he was a top laner. For a while, but he's also just not been played at all. Fair, fair enough. And Vigar's and Vigar's a mid. Vigar also scales to infinity, so that's probably why. That's fair. You also had a patch recently on League. It was like twelve point two or something, right? Oh, hold on. It's actually patched twelve point eleven. It looks like is actually the most recent. What the hell? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop looking at twelve point two. Yeah. And go to 1211. <laughs> Means 1212. So let's see. Belveth is getting. Nerfed? No, she's getting 50 attack range. She's losing 1.5 health regen per level, or 1.5 health regen, and 1.5 health regen per level. The fuck? I think she's getting. Yeah, she's getting straight nerfed. Okay, cool. Anyway. Shanna, Jarvan. Katarina, Katarina, AD Katarina is getting nerfed. A bunch of Diffa champs are getting touched, it looks like, in 12.12. Yeah, Lucian's getting nerfed. Some runes are, or one rune is getting touched as well. An item is getting touched. Night Harvester and Predator Domination are the item and rune. These Vyoga nerfs aren't going to do anything. Yumi nerfs aren't going to do anything. Night Harvester doesn't do anything. And it looks like there's three three skins coming. Snow Moon Caitlyn, Snow Moon Caitlyn. What's Ilawoi mean? Ilawi's a champion. Ilawi? Ilawi. It says Snow Moon Caitlyn Ilawi. Is that just supposed to say Snow Moon Ilawi, you think? Probably. Probably. Uh, Ashen Moon Pantheon is also coming as well. Yeah, there was some, like... Uh, people are complaining about that skin for some reason, but they're not changing it or something. I don't know. That's okay. I'm also not seeing the same thing you are, but anyway. I've been looking at a. I looked at a couple different websites real quick just to see, but I'm gonna stop before the toaster breaks. Do we want to move on from this? I mean, we can if you want. I, I mean, the the things I said about Belveth are still true. They're still nerfing her, even at a when she has a 48 percent win rate. <laughs> Poor thing. Just, just ridiculous. Maybe the reason... So I have a theory that sometimes, depending on how much hate or frustrations a champ causes, or how often they get banned, uh, it really can affect how much they nerf a champion, so that way they can get the new champions played more. Because I can see that being like a thing. But that's that's tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist stuff. And we don't do that on podcasts. People would never do that on podcasts. Well, let's see. In Iron, she is banned 37% of the time. 
She is banned 52% of the time in platinum or higher. Wow. And picks 10% of the time and has a 50% win rate. In iron, she has a 56% win rate. Oof. As he, she loses a percent in win rate every tier you go up. Hmm. Challenger, she has a 46% win rate. Oof. Is utter garbage. They'll figure it out, I'm sure, eventually. <laughs> That'll be allowed. These, uh, these Katarina nerfs are, are, are interesting. Because Katarina has a, a build path where she, she builds AD, but she's an AP champion. But like some of her abilities have AD scalings on them. But her, uh, her alt triggers on hits, so she'll build AD items that have on hit. Wow. Building, like, Rabidons and shit like that to increase the AP, right? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But they're re- they're reducing the AD ratios on her abilities to try and get her off of building AD items. Okay. Cool. Cool. So that's, like, that's, that's one of the, the subtle ways that Riot tries to get people to build in a certain way without, like, completely changing a champion. That's fair. Unlike how they, they nerfed Tristana back in the day. Because AP Tristana used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Because her her uh, her ult used to do like... It used to scale at like 150% of her AP or something. Hmm. But now it does 0% of her AP. That's probably for the best, let's be honest. Crit Tristana is enough as it is. Yeah, there, just, there used to be a lot of that stuff though. Like AP Master Yi used to be a thing. I remember the stories of... Him using his healing and being able to be, like, hit by a bunch of champions and just would still be healing health. Yeah, I mean, that's still kind of a thing, though. Especially now that they nerfed Grievous Wounds. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Uh... I don't think I have any other updates on Icons. I think we've covered PC League. We've covered Emily with her team boost. We've covered lane wards. We've covered shoutouts. I think we've made our friend Kyle slash Rookie 86 long enough. It is time. It is time we talk about our good friend Galio and go into some deep dives here about gameplay, who he is as a champion, what's going on. So Galio is easy to learn, difficult to master, is how I'd put it. He's a big champ. He's got four abilities, and those abilities are Winds of War, Shield of Durand, Justice Punch, and Hero's Entrance. Winds of War is his ranged attack. It's probably the one that you should always level up first, regardless of what position you are in with Galio. And that ability allows you to shoot a Whirlwind at a ranged distance, and it'll kind of stay there and spin and deal some little chip damage here and there while it's spinning for a few seconds. His second ability, Shield of Durand, allows you to charge up a shield around a certain radius around you till it hits its maximum capacity. And then after you release that shield, it'll actually taunt any enemies that are caught within that radius, which means they'll run towards you without being able to attack you or use their abilities. There's also the Justice Punch that he has, where he will do a slight dash backwards and a dash forwards, where upon hitting an enemy, in a neutral enemy or an enemy champion or an enemy creep, in any direction, whether he's gone backwards or forwards to hit that champ, it will stop his movement, it'll stop his dash wherever it hit them, and it will knock that person up and temporarily, I forget what it's called. Is it just knock up? Is it root? It'll knock him up. Just knock up. Might have like a mini, might have a mini stun. 
Yeah, it ju- it just like stuns them for a quick second where they can't use anything and it keeps them in place. And then Hero's Entrance allows you to dash to an ally. I think it's like three seconds after casting Hero's Entrance. And upon hitting the ground where his entrance is like going to land, it deals damage and it knocks the enemies up. Uh, what's notable about that is wherever you cast the entrance, the Hero's Entrance onto your ally, it will stay. Even if your your ally moves, like they can move forward, they can move backward. It doesn't matter if they're moving. Your hero's entrance will only go to the spot where you initially cast it. It will not follow the ally. And so I find hero's entrance is most useful when your allies are running away from the enemy and they are being chased. Because more than likely, enemies are, for the most part, not smart. And will follow into the Galio circle where you are about to jump onto the ground and knock them up. Galio can be played in two positions, really. I guess three if you really want to stretch it, but two, generally speaking. He's a really, really decent mid laner. He's probably A or S tier. He builds Rod of Andres. He builds Leandri's Mask. No, Leandri's Torment, excuse me. He builds Stasis. He builds Rabidons. He builds Abyssal Mask, and he builds Morellonomicon. And so basically, it's an ability power build because his AP ratios are really, really strong. You're probably going to want to be playing your Keystone of Aftershock, and then you're probably going to want to play weak Weakness, uh, Conditioning, and Sweet Tooth as your other runes. And then you can play Flash Ignite in this lane. And then for his support build, you're probably going to want to build a little differently. You'll want to build Tanky instead. And so this will consist of things like Sunfire Aegis. It'll consist of things like Randuin's Omen, Warmog's Armor, potentially. You could also throw in some Spirit Visage or Thorn Mails, depending on what's going on. But you're going to be building bonus health items and kind of just trying to tank a bunch of damage while getting in for some taunts, some stuns, some knockups, and some long-range damage for uh, your Winds of... Uh, is it Winds of War? Is that what it's called? Winds of War, yeah. His passive is Colossal Smash, which is every few seconds, Galio's next basic attack deals bonus magic damage in an area, so he kind of slams the ground with both fists and deals damage. You don't have to do multiple attacks in a row to like proc this passive. You can just do it every few seconds. It just automatically charges your attack. For his support build, you're going to want to slightly do something a little different as far as which runes you're going to build. So the runes you're going to build instead are... Uh, you're still going to build Aftershock and Weakness, but for the last two, you won't build Sweet Tooth or I think it's like Conditioning or something was the other one I said. You're going to build Hunter Titan and Hunter Genius instead because those will help while your allies are around. And uh, one other thing that I didn't mention that you can build on Galio is Force of Nature for the support role specifically. And those are kind of it. You just build a bunch of health and a bunch of tank and you support uh, you have a couple Galio combos you can use. Uh, his Q doesn't really combo with anything. You can just kind of use it intermittently at good opportunities to do so. Like after your opponent flashes away, you can try and hit him for some damage. But his combos generally are going to be his... Oh man, now i got to look up the attacks again. You can use your Justice Punch, <laughs> which is the dash. And then you can use your Shield of Durand immediately after dashing to then taunt the enemies and keep them in place while your ADCs and or other teammates may be catching up. You can also do a similar combo where you use Hero's Entrance to then get in there for a, what is it called again? Justice Punch, and then use Shield of Durand again. And so you'll use 
your ultimate to dash in. You'll use your justice punch to dash towards the enemies, and you'll use your shield of Durand, charge it up, and then taunt the enemies to keep them in place. And you let the rest be history. Uh, also worth noting is that Shield of Durand can help you gain a shield that prevents damage. I don't think it prevents CCs or anything, but it does help you take a lot less damage, and it gives you some temporary health. Is there anything I missed about Kaleo, Dave? Yes. Alright, tell me. What did I miss? He has a passive on Shield of Durand. Oh, what's the passive on Shield of Durand? He has a magic damage shield. That's true. I'm reading that right now. The first part is when you hold the ability, you enter a defensive stance where you get slowed but take reduced magic and physical damage. After you release the ability, you deal magic damage and taunt all nearby enemies. So you're absolutely correct. It deals magic damage. And so that's another reason why your AP scaling is very important. No, 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 no. No, he just has a passive on the ability Oh, where he has a magic damage shield. Oh, yeah, that's true. It has a passive. Upon taking magic damage, Galio gains a shield that absorbs magic damage. Wow, that's pretty good. And when you when you ult, you tran- you also give that shield to all allied champions that you ult, or in the area that you ult. That's true. It says it right here. When using the ability, once you pick an allied champion to jump onto, all allied champions near the target gain Shield of Duran's passive magic shield. That's pretty good. Especially against AP comps. So it sounds like Galio's a little bit better against AP than he is AD. Like, he's not bad against either, but he's a little better against AP heavy comps. That is why he primarily gets played mid. Okay. And why he's not as good as a support anymore. Rookie, our good friend out there, if you're listening up, if you see your opponents using a lot of magic and you're looking for a good support to help your team all around, Galio's your option. He's very, very good into AP comps. And you probably want to be building tanky. Unless you're taking a mid, then you want to build the AP heavy role where you're going to kind of solo carry that lane and you're going to be taking a lot of creeps. So your scaling is going to be a lot better with Galio. That's why in the support role, you're going to build more bonus health and tanky items instead is because you're not going to be getting as many creeps. You're not going to have as much gold. So your goal is to just survive as often as possible and kind of be the combo slash engage portion of your lane. Or as Dave liked to call it, the harasser. What I say that? You said uh, a lot of people who play support, or like the support's like role, is kind of to be harassment. Like you are to harass... Harasser. The harasser. The hairdresser. So you're going to hairdress the enemy opponents. You're going to make sure that you try to give them new haircuts, and they're going to try and run away because they don't want new haircuts. <clears throat> That's right. a way to say things. <laughs> right? I thought so. So... So, something to be aware of with uh, with Justice Punch is uh, there. It is slightly delayed in that it uh, you go backwards first and then punch forward. Yeah. So if you're if you're standing directly, like immediately next to somebody, like next to an enemy, and you want to punch away from them, you're actually going to go to the other side of them and then punch them and stop. Yes. So just be aware of that. Which is what I was trying to illustrate earlier when I said, like, no matter where you hit somebody in the Justice Punch windup, if you hit someone, you stop there. You still knock them up and stun them for that little, you know, half second or whatever. But you stop. It's just a knock-up. There's no stun. It's just a knock-up? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I looked it up. It's a 0.75 second knock-up. 
but that does stop them from moving. It doesn't stop them from using abilities, but it stops them from moving, which is still pretty good. Impeding movement is pretty good in this game. Um, I, I, I knock up as a kind of hard, uh, hard CC, so it's a, it's basically a stun while they're knocked up. Oh, that's good. So they can't use abilities either. Yeah. Okay. I ain't got nothing else for today. Do y'all got anything else you want to mention? The whole knock up thing is funny to me. What do you mean? Oh it's a God. weird way to say thing. Some say something. Oh, Are you trying to imply my. something, Emily? That's all I could think about the whole entire time you guys were talking. Was kids instead? Yeah, Emily. <laughs> How could she do this? <laughs> Emily's baby crazy. Get her out of here. Oh no no. Yeah no indeed. Get her out of here. <laughs> no kids right now. Thank you. Uh, it's funny. We're the opposite of uh, some of the other podcast hosts. One of the podcast hosts on Attack Baron actually had triplets recently. Oh my goodness. That's so many kids. That's Congratulations a lot. to you, Rygar. Hope you know you're having a great time. Hope you and the family are, you know, having a great time and everything's all healthy and great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no triplets for me. I'm good. Congrats, but geez. Geez, indeed. Geez, indeed. That's a lot of work. Also sad to hear that Familiar Fiasco is, you know, maybe going to be taking a break from the podcast for a while. Hopefully, you know, he's able to find some of the, you know, centering that he's looking for and recollection. And, you know, hopefully we'll be hearing from him real soon again on that podcast. Uh, shout outs to Huey. And I think it's Son of a Star that are running that podcast right now, though, in the interim. I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys got. And I think you guys have been killing it as is. So, Son of a Star. Son of a Star. Son of a Star is a fun yeah. name. I like that. And then uh, also, of course, shout out to our On The Set podcast. You know, Kingmaker has been a very big supporter and proponent of helping us out, help us grow, chatting up with me a lot, and also helping grow the North, the NA scene as well. So really looking forward to some of the work and uh, contributions and collaborations we're going to be able to have with other podcasts in the future. Fun. Yeah. Okay. I think we can call that good. Dave, you good? It looks like you're cleaning your whole desk right now. There are dead flies everywhere. All right. That's a good way to end the podcast. Hope everyone's doing all right. (laughs) And thank you for listening again. We're looking forward to chatting with you. Uh, As Ryan said, you know, like, subscribe, tag us. Let us know that you want us to uh, give you a shout out. You know, reach out to us and... uh, we can get some people, not only, you know, some... We can be bought. Shoutouts on the podcast. Yeah, we can be bought. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. But uh, we're also interested in bringing on some guests as well, if anyone wants to join us. So guest hosts are always welcome. Also, hopefully we can get into more of a set schedule <laughs> and release these on a set day. And, yeah. Currently, the set day is Sunday. Is it? We're five out of six releasing on Sundays right now. Okay. What are, you, what are you trying to imply, Emily? I had one where I needed to extend into Tuesday. It's just, it's still early. We're still learning and figuring stuff out, but... We still work full-time jobs while trying to also have a podcast, while trying to also do other things. Yeah. It can be a lot. It's a lot, but we're we're trying. We're doing our best. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And until next episode, goodbye. Bye. Bye.